0: The reading is from John chapter 15, verse 9, and it's on page 1083 in the Church Bibles. John chapter 15, starting at verse 9. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands... You will remain in my love, just as I have kept my father's commands and remain in his love. I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. love each other.
1: Thank you very much. Well, let's keep that part of God's Word open in front of us uh, because that's the bit we're going to be focusing on. Let me pray for us though. Father, thank you very much for this uh, wonderful bit of your Word and the way that it, it tells us of your love for us. We pray too that we'd be more aware of your love for us as a result of this time we've spent together looking at it, reading it, studying it. Father, we thank you that you are a, a God who lets us in on your plans, who tells us, uh, as it says here, that, um, uh, that, that as Jesus talks about having told us the things he's learnt from you. So as we learn these things, we pray that we would receive that as an act of friendship from you, that you're a God who teaches us, who wants us to understand and know. We pray that we'd grow as a result. In Jesus' name. Amen. Um, I learnt to play the guitar using my mum's old nylon string classical guitar complete with rainbow strap and a big sticker like this. This is exactly what the old sticker looked like. Massive fat thing on the front. Smile, Jesus loves you. Uh, Now that might have been good for 1960s folky Jesus people type things. Uh, it fitted in a treat, playing songs at Sunday school, which is what my mum mainly learnt the guitar to do. But if you were trying to be in a band, uh, the sticker had to go. Uh, I wasn't literally allowed to peel it off, so I had to go and get my own guitar. But the idea that 1, 2, 3, Jesus Loves Me was going to be something that I said or made publicly known to anybody would just be just outrageously sad and uh, not something I would want to be... Uh, associated with it is such a cliche is such a a, a trite thing to say that Jesus loves you it's very basic and for many people uh, it it just doesn't stick they hear it it goes in one ear and out the other and yet it's true yeah it is a cliche for a reason because the fact that Jesus loves us is simple shorthand for something gloriously true something we need to get hold of Uh, whether we stick it to our guitars or not. Uh, It is a truth that should make us smile. It is a truth that should do more than that. It should actually change our lives completely. So for the next just few minutes, we're going to try and forget the bumper stickers and all of that and delve into that truth that Jesus loves us. Jesus loves us. He gloriously, stupendously loves us. And in this passage uh, we see some of the ways that he's loved us. He was uh, talking in this bit to his disciples on the night of his arrest and uh, that was very much on his mind and what he's saying is directed at them, then. But as we read this whole section, as we go on into the next few chapters, we can see that so much of what Jesus has on his mind is not just the disciples but all of the people like us who would trust in him through what his disciples told us so so i think it's right for us as believers we take these words and apply them to us that jesus doesn't just love them he loves us verse 9 jesus says something amazing he says as the father has loved me so have i loved you just think about that how has god the father loved god the son he has loved him perfectly completely, eternally, within the Godhead, Father, Son and Spirit. They have forever lived in a perfect community of love, delighting in one another, giving and sharing and enjoying this absolute unity. And Jesus says with that same kind of love that he has been loved with the Father, that's the sort of love that he has for us. To be a Christian is to be invited into that family of love, to be caught up into that relationship. It is an amazing thing that Jesus loves us, just like the Father has loved him. It is an amazing thing. What could possibly be a greater love than that? Jesus tells us he couldn't love us any more than he does. Verse 13 says, greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. Whitney Houston got it wrong. The greatest love of all is not learning how to love yourself. The greatest love of all is shown on the cross as Jesus lays down his life. Laying down your life for somebody, that is the biggest thing, isn't it? That is you couldn't possibly give more than that. If you take a bullet for somebody or or, or you you go and get somebody out of a fire, knowing full well you are not going to make it out alive yourself. That sort of giving of yourself, giving of your life, there's no bigger thing you can give. You can't possibly love more than that. And Jesus says, that is the way that I've loved you. The kind of love the father has for the son, that is how I've loved you. The kind of love of somebody giving up their life for somebody, that's the sort of love with which I've loved you. The very next day after saying this, he would do exactly that. He would die for us, to rescue us. Jesus loves us. He really could not love us more. And he calls us his friends. When it says that that somebody lay down his life for his friends. Lib said to me just literally a moment ago, did you know today's International Friendship Day? Did you know that? There we go. That was a complete coincidence when we're talking about friendship here this evening. Uh, Friendship is something that we long for. Everybody longs for that real companionship with other people it's what we're made for we're made to not be on our own but to be friends friends with other people friends with our creator but how on earth are we supposed to be friends with God how does that work you can't just pick some random person on the street and go I'm going to be friends with you or or choose a, a, a famous person to say I'm going to be friends with you how much less can we do that with God and just go well, I've decided I'm going to be friends with you how does that work Well verse 16 should be really reassuring to us when Jesus says you did not choose me but I chose you. That is so reassuring because it means we can be friends with him because we haven't just sort of had the audacity to say please could we be friends that God himself has said no I've chosen to be friends with you. I love you I want to be friends with you and he could have chosen us just to be his servants. That would be a really good thing. That would be a real privilege. We don't deserve that. But he wants more than that. See that in verse 15? I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. It's a, it's an interesting distinction we might not have made. The, the idea that a common slave would not be invited to the top level meetings they aren't given the big picture they're they're just told tidy that up can you move that from there to there get it done by the end of the day that sort of thing that's how the the relationship of the the slave servant with the master would have been not necessarily any relationship at all not having trust at all but with a friend well the boss would sit them down and explain what was happening here's what I'm wanting us to do here's what we're going to do not just do as I say this is the plan this is the the big dream this is where we're at at the minute this is where it's going here's why I want you to do that The servant doesn't necessarily get told why the servant just has to do as it's told and not ask any questions but friends are brought in on it and that's what Jesus does with us he fills us in On his father's plans he confides in us he invites us to join in so yes we're serving then only a few verses later we're talking about serving so when he says I don't call you servants it's not that we don't serve it's that you're more than servants you are friends we're working on this together as friends he wants us to work with him he wants to teach us on the job he has chosen us for deep friendship and he died to make that happen. That is an amazing thing. Jesus loves us. Are we sure of that? Are we confident of that? Because if we're believers in Jesus, this is true. This is true that Jesus loves you. He loves me. He loves us. And when you want, uh, when you love somebody, you want them to know it, don't you? You want them to enjoy a relationship with you. You actually don't want to just say I. I'd like to be your friend, I don't really care whether your friends with me back. I-, I love you, I don't really care whether you love me back. That's not how relationships work normally, is it? You want them to know and you want to be uh, enjoying that relationship. And that's why Jesus tells us to remain in his love. That he loves us, so remain in his love. Jesus says in verse 9, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now, remain in my love. Now, what does that mean? We've got to be a bit careful. It doesn't mean go and do things so that he'll love you. It doesn't mean that. He already does love us. It's not that his love is a very fragile thing. We've got to be very careful not to mess it up. Uh, I wonder instead whether a better picture for it would be uh, a waterfall. What, What is that like? It is powerful, unstoppable, it is constant it just keeps flowing and if you were to stand underneath it it is not going to run dry but if you move away then no you, you won't experience that it is still there it's just not impacting you this idea of remaining in his love is this idea of sort of just staying put staying under the waterfall his love is absolutely complete but our enjoyment of it depends on us remaining on us not stepping away verse 11 tells us that it's got something to do with joy I tell you this I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete so something about remaining in his love there is a matter of experiencing joy of experiencing Jesus's joy now that sounds like an amazing thing, doesn't it? Having joy complete in us, remaining in his love. Where does that come from? You might go, oh, well, that, that must be the result of some out-of-this-world amazing experience. It's actually far more mundane. Jesus is saying that will happen from obedience, just ordinary, common or God, and obedience. Let's, let's read verse 10 and 11, and we see the logic there. He says, if you keep my commands... You will remain in my love, just as I've kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. So you think, where does Jesus find his joy? He finds that in obeying his Father. He just delights to carry out the plans God the Father has for him. That is the place of most joy. That is the perfect spot to stand to remain in God's love. And Jesus wants that same thing for us. He wants us to experience that joy, for us to remain under the waterfall of his love by keeping his commands, just as that's where his joy comes from, is from obedience, so I, I want my joy, that same joy, to be in you. The trouble is, I think we, we think that we've been tricked. We hear this and we go, oh, I knew there was a catch. Oh, okay, we've got to obey, have we? That doesn't sound very much like love and joy to me. But that's sin talking, isn't it? That is sin talking in us, where where we we think that joy is not going to be found in obedience. Joy is going to be found doing our own thing. Joy is going to be found wandering off. uh, And that that is a bit like we're standing under the waterfall and saying, "I, I imagine it's a lot wetter over there. I imagine that's where real joy is. No, actually it's not. We're built for that sort of obedience, those sorts of relationships. The old song is true, trust and obey. Well, there's no other way to be happy in Jesus than to trust and obey. That sense of, of knowing that that is where the joy is, not somewhere else. Verse 14 is, is a bit of an eye-opener. And Jesus says, you are my friends if you do what I command. Now, that's not how we talk to our friends, is it? I hope that's not how you talk to your friends. I can't say to you, we're friends if you obey me. That that would be a weird dynamic um, I've known people who are a bit like that, and it's not good, is it? But it is different with Jesus when he says it. Verse 14 is reminding us that a friendship with him is not a friendship of equals. He is still God. He is the Lord. It's absolutely fitting that friendship would include obedience. How could we be friends with God if we're still rebelling against him? It's not a friendship of equals, but it is a real friendship. It is a real friendship of love one where he confides in us, one where we work together. But it is a relationship that only works as it should when we're obedient. Don Carson really helpfully points out, he says, this obedience is not what makes them friends, it is what characterises his friends. You're my friends if you do what I command, is not, well, you see how you do performance-wise and then I'll see whether you can be my friend. No, it's saying, what do my friends look like? My friends look like people who obey me. Someone who's friends with Jesus is going to be marked out by their delight in following his ways. There should be that sense of awe that we're dealing with the Lord but that sense of intimacy that we're dealing with a friend. We're going to sing later on you are my friend and you're my brother even though you are a king. It's those two things together. So the way to remain in his love is to live in obedience, in particular, obeying that command to love. So that comes up a couple of times. Verse 12, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. And again, verse 17, this is my command, love each other. It seems to be saying, doesn't it, that that uh, waterfall of love, if you like, it flows over us best when that love is flowing out from us to other people. This is something that really struck me this this week. If we read verse 12, 13, and 14, we very often will treat them as three separate things. They're not connected. But if we link them together, it's, it's quite amazing. It says, "'My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command.'" I, I think I've always read that and taken verse 13 as, as it's just about Jesus. And it probably mainly is, as he says, I am your friend, and you can see that I'm your friend through my sacrifice. But that verse is sandwiched between two verses about us loving. He's saying, Friendship loves sacrificially. So show that you are my friends. By loving sacrificially. I'm clearly your friend, he says. (laughs) I'm clearly your friend, the way I've loved and sacrificed myself for you. But will you be a friend? Will you lay down your life for others? Jesus loves us. That is always first and foremost, not our love for him or others. But Jesus' love is a love that turns us outwards so that we love other people. Sometimes we're not um, we're not as aware as we could be of Jesus' love for us. I think that's a normal thing, our normal experience. I think often we will feel that we are the only one who is not experiencing that constantly, whereas actually it would be far more normal to say that our usual experience is not being blown away by how conscious we are of all our blessings in Jesus. That would be wonderful, but it's normal to not feel like that. But, I wonder sometimes we we settle for never being aware of it. Never deliberately being aware and reminding ourselves again of his love for us. Sometimes, our lack of awareness of that love can be because we've been stepping away. Which is more likely, that he has actually stopped loving us, or that we are the ones who have moved away. Sometimes we lose that sense of his love as we, we don't seek it and we don't seek to put it into action. But to flip that, flip that around to, to be slightly more positive, sometimes I think we, we struggle to love other people. Often we struggle to love other people. And I wonder whether some of that is because we are trying to magic up a feeling of love from within us and we very quickly discover that well is dry. <laughs> rather than saying, actually, no, I need to receive his love, and it's out of that that, that I love other people. I know I uh, I came across a, a number of years ago because in my life I was serving. I was serving a lot, and it felt a lot like sort of trying to pour out of an empty bucket or a bucket with a hole in it. And I now still experience those feelings but I recognize that and I'm able to say actually oh okay what I need to do here is is to realize I need to receive God's love for me so that what I'm giving out as I love other people is overflow it's not that I'm pouring out of an empty bucket it's that I'm receiving God's love for me I'm remaining in him and that as I remain in him that goes out to other people For many of us, it's Holiday Bible Club this week. That is a week of giving. That is a massive week of spending yourself, your energy serving, loving other people. We can do that because we are loved. We can pour ourselves out to love other people because we are loved. Where our love for other people is flowing out of remaining in His love. Now, there's loads we could say uh, we haven't got time for. Verse 16 talks about bearing fruit. That's worth a read later if you want to uh, start chapter 15 from the beginning. And look at that idea of remaining in Jesus as being like a a branch connected to a vine. If a branch is connected to the plant, if it remains, of course it's going to bear fruit. That would be interesting to read later. Or or, or it talks about prayer in verse 16. If we're friends, of course we're going to communicate. But we don't have time for that now instead let's let's finish by reflecting are we confident in jesus love for us if not let's soak in the truth of these verses maybe let's read these through again later read these through later in the week hear what he tells us as he confides in us as a friend as he befriends us as he chooses us as he tells us about how he has that there's no greater love than his love for us soak that in that Jesus loves us he loves us when we feel that he loves us he loves us when we don't feel it but how could we also consciously remain in his love over the next week maybe that would be something to talk about after after the service about ways in which we could be more deliberately obedient we could be more deliberately reminding ourselves of his love it might seem that there's lots to be done, but in some ways, it's a very passive thing, isn't it? The idea of remaining is to say, stay put. You are trusting in Jesus. You are trying to live for him. Great, keep doing that. Remain there. It's a, it's a great privilege to know this friendship with God through Jesus and to know that all we need to do is just remain. We just need to stay. We need to trust We need to keep believing those same things and know that as we do that, we will bear fruit in our lives. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are a friend to us. We thank you that the Lord Jesus has shown just how great his love is for us through giving up his life for us. We thank you so much for the cross where we see that love in action. Please would you help us to remain in your love, to not go elsewhere, to not uh, move away in any way, but instead to remain there, deliberately filling our mind, our heart with these truths of your love for us and that that would make us obedient, that that would make us loving that that would fill us with your joy. Please would you help us. Please would you bless us with good friendships together tonight and that we would have some fruitful, helpful conversations about what it means to remain in your love. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.